What is up, guys? My name is Lucas. Welcome to Just Being Real, a podcast by a pastor and his wife talking about the journey and being what God called him to be, a pastor. What's up, guys? Glad you guys are here. Hope you like this podcast. Give it a subscribe. Enjoy. Well, we'd like to welcome you to Just Being Real, uh, a a pastor family perspective. It is so good to have you joining us today. Uh, we're here in the studios, and if you listened to the first episode, you know that that's our kitchen. Uh, our wife, my wife, uh, kind of let the cat out of the bag on that. So, but we're here sitting in our studio, uh, and we have it set up, and we're 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 just excited about what we're going to be uh, talking about today. We've got a uh, a guest uh, in the house today, and so I'll introduce him in a few minutes. But I wanted to, uh, Shelly, I wanted to uh, maybe just turn it over to you and uh, and and let have you uh, share with our listeners. Uh, how things are going with us on uh, social media and stuff. Well, we're really excited about this. Um, we, this is our second episode. This will be our third. Our third episode. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's right. This is our third episode. We have over a hundred listeners, which is so exciting. Um, we are on iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So if you want to check us out, you can go and t- in one of those areas and hit subscribe and join us. So we would love to hear from you. If you want to leave comments, um, we will respond. Um, But we would love to hear from you. Yeah. And uh, we will try to have out all of our um, uh, social media aspects on Facebook uh, here in the next couple weeks. And so that way you can go check us out on uh, those areas. Um, The last couple episodes have been uh, really fun. We're we're kind of new at this. This is uh, all new. I always, I think I joked about it a while back. I said, I, I always feel like I'm about two years behind everybody else on what they're doing. And um, I have not really got into podcasts, and now all of a sudden it's kind of a thing for me. And Well, God's doing a new thing in our life. He is doing a brand new thing yeah. in our so life. This yeah, this is part of it, and yeah. we're just trying to keep up with God. Yes. So it's not that we're behind or anything. It's not that God's behind. It's just God's timing. I've always used that illustration when you're when about following God and wanting to be so close to Him. That you remember when you were a kid and you were pushing the cart in the grocery store and you were so close to your mom that when she stopped, the back of that cart hit her back of her heel, you know, and and she would just like I, I don't know if your mom wanted to kill you, but my mom did, yeah. and um, and she just stop, you know, and so I always wanted to be so close to God that when He stopped, I bumped into Him, you know, and uh, it's kind of always the imagery I've always had uh, about following God, and that's what we're trying to do, isn't it? Right, just trying to follow and Absolutely. stay as close as we can to Him and what He's doing. Be obedient. Amen. Well, I tell you what, we are excited about uh, sharing with you today. Uh, this episode, we're going to entitle it uh, The Biker. Uh, and the reason being is because we've got a guest in the house today. Uh, his name is Warren Shamblin. Uh, Warren is um, uh, a real good friend of ours, uh, but but more so, he's a brother from West Virginia. Uh, we uh, we, we kind of hooked up. He, he, he moved down here to Alabama and uh, was checking out some churches to, to uh, get his family plugged into. Uh, I guess went on there, and maybe he'll share this story with you, but I guess went on, uh, found uh, our church, and was reading about uh, a little bio of me. Found out I was from West Virginia and said, hey, I'm going to go check this boy out. And uh, we have kind of clicked. Uh, he's been with us. Man, I, I, I don't know. Uh, it's been a few months, about a year now. No, beginning of this year. Yeah, is when we started coming. Yeah, so yeah. so we're we're just a few months into this Seven and uh, with him. But I tell you, it's um it's been a joy him and his family uh, with us at church. I've I've got to know uh, know you, and I've been hearing uh, a lot of your story. And I really thought it would be a, a appropriate for this episode for you to come and share with us what uh, um, you know what God has done in your life. And, and it really is especially uh, the dynamics of how a pastor kind of impacted you uh, and changed the course of your life. Absolutely. And so that's really what the, this episode will be about today. So, uh, Warren, it is so good to have you here, man. It's good to be here. It's good yeah. to be here. And I know that uh, Shelly uh, Shelley is uh, very fond of your wife, mm-hmm. uh, and she's not feeling well right now. And, of course, when this episode goes out, maybe she'll be better, but uh, she's not feeling well, so we'll remember her in prayer 
But uh, Warren, uh, why don't you give a little backstory about where you're from uh, and kind of this leading up to this encounter you had with a pastor? Okay. Um, well, I was born and raised in West Virginia, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever I was a, a, a small a small kid, um, I always joke and say my mom had a drug problem. She drug us to church every time the doors were open. <laughs> right, right. Right. But that that lasted only until age nine or ten, something like that. Um, I actually started playing Major League Football, and our football games were on Sundays. Mm. So, well, we just quit going to church. And then, of course, you know, junior high, high school, and college um, did, I guess, probably the same stuff that a normal that a normal high school and college, you know, guy would do. Yeah. Um, party and scene and all that kind of thing. And mm. um, anyway, come out of college, and uh, a year, a couple years after that, I got married to a girl that I went to college with and that didn't work out very well. Mm. So uh, a few years after that, I was back living at home with mom and dad and real big success story, you know, uh, 31 years old or whatever and back living with your parents. But during, during that time I'd started riding motorcycles and um, I got to be pretty good friends with several uh, biker guys. And, um, one of the local motorcycle clubs was having a party one night. So I went down to, I went, they invited me. I went down to the party and well, I saw the lifestyle I thought that I really wanted, you know, mm. um, I just clicked with these guys. Um, you know, we, of course they had the drinking and the drugs and all that stuff going on. And, but I seen a, I seen a brotherhood. I seen a family at mm. type atmosphere. Yeah. And so I was really attracted to that. well, one thing led to another. They invited me to uh, to ju- to well to start prospecting into their club, and so I had to had to go through that through that period, and finally, um, you know, I got voted in to be an Apache Motorcycle Club member. Okay. So um, after after I joined the club, after about a year, I guess um, I got invited to be well, I got uh, nominated to be um, the club's assistant sergeant at arms. And what a sergeant at arms is, is a fighter for the club. Um, if there's any kind of problems or anything like that, and with motorcycle clubs, drinking and drugs, there's always some kind of problem, you know? Yeah. Um, so I got, uh, I got, I got nominated to do that. And then after a year of being the assistant, well, they voted me in to be the head sergeant at arms. So, um, well, that just turned everything up a few notches. You know, mm. it was like I had a free license to fight then, and oh, wow. um, that mixed with the with the drinking and you know the running around and all that stuff. It was just like a free license to fight. Wow! And so I did that. I did that for for a long time. Um, I was in the club for six years, and um, I was the head sergeant at arms for about four, four and a half of it. Okay. And um, so I really started. I really started. Um, um, getting a name made for myself in the quote unquote motorcycle world. And, um, you know, people knew me, they didn't know me by Warren Shamblin. They knew me by my biker name, which is nitro. And it was, it was almost like, I mean, I hate to say this, it's almost like royalty. Mm-hmm. I'd walk in places and people would just move. Um, mm. around this times when me and Jesse got together, and um, Jesse didn't fit in too much with the motorcycle world. Um, you know, you see on TV what the motorcycle ladies look like. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesse was real prim, proper, you know, makeup perfect, not a hair out of place. And so she didn't fit in very well. But she she admitted to me later that she really liked the uh, she she liked the power, I guess, that came with my position mm. and. Um, you know, she, she, she said that she felt like royalty or something because, you know, if we were, if we were at a, if we were at another clubhouse or at a bar or whatever, and, um, she had to go to the restroom, she didn't go by herself. Mm. One of my guys, of course they didn't go into the bathroom, but one of my guys walked with her to the bathroom and then walked her back, you know, um, because of my position. Right. So, um, but anyway, we had been doing that. Well, like I said, I did that for, for six years 
But um, it was sometime in August, August of 2008. No, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm sorry. We, we would go, we, we, me and her both worked at Toyota and we worked night shift. Mm-hmm. Well, at the, after work, there was always a group of us that went to a workout gym. And, uh, well, we, we went there every single morning, lifted weights, did that kind of thing. Well, there was, there was this old redheaded man in there, real loud, obnoxious, you know, always laughing, having fun. I didn't have any idea who the man was. I just knew that everybody there called him preacher. <laughs> and so, you know, he's loud, and obnoxious. I was loud, and obnoxious. So we just kind of hit it off, you know, <laughs> peas in a pod. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out later I found out he knew me whenever I was a little kid, he knew my entire family. He went to, he went to school with some of my dad's older brothers. He knew my dad. He knew, like I said, he knew me as a little tiny kid, wow. but I didn't know that, you know, at that time. But, um, every morning, every morning he was, he was always there. The owner of the gym actually gave me a key because we was always there earlier than what they opened. And so I, I could open the gym even before business hours. Well, Preacher loved that. He was just, I was his best friend in the whole world, you know. Mm-hmm. He could come right in, work out with us. And But anyway, um, he knew, he, he would hear, he would hear the stories. You know, he would hear, um, I mean, I'd come in with black eyes or whatever. So, of course, all my all my working friends would ask me, you know, what happened to you? And then I'd be telling all these fighting stories and drinking stories and all this. So he knew the lifestyle I was living, mm-hmm. and um, which, you know, he didn't condone it by any, by any stretch of the imagination. He had, uh, he'd make little comments, funny comments every now and then, but then he'd love on me mm-hmm. and he didn't Bible thump me. The only thing he would do about once a week. Yeah. Once a week, maybe. Yeah. Probably once a week. He'd say, Hey boy, why don't you come, won't you come go to church with me on Sunday? Mm-hmm. And you know, I would skate around that most of the time. And then one time I said, all right, old man, one of these Sundays, I'm going to surprise you. <laughs> well, um, we were still doing the, still doing the Apache thing. And it was one Sunday night, um, where we worked night shift, we worked Monday through Friday night. So me and Jesse's weekend nights were Saturday night and Sunday night, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to Friday and Saturday, like most people were. And, um, <laughs> we were driving home one Sunday night and I say this jokingly, but it's true. I always told everybody that we were, um, we were, we were so drunk. We had to drive because we were too drunk to walk. And I mean, that's, that's, that's the honest truth. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, it was who knows what time in the morning when we were driving home. And, um, I, I mean, it was God. It had to be God. I busted out and started crying and kind of freaked Jesse out a little bit. You know, what's wrong with you? And I said, I can't continue to do this. And, you know, we can't, we can't continue to live our life like this. We got to change something. And she said, well, okay, what do you want to change? I said, next Sunday, we're going to go to church. Of course, it freaked her out. You know, you got to think, here I was neck deep in the motorcycle world, right? Fighting all the time, the drinking, all that stuff, all the time. I was in, I was third in charge of the, of the club. If we were out of our clubhouse, I was in charge of our whole club. So, you know, I was pretty deep, pretty deep into it. And, um, you know, going from that to telling her that next Sunday we're going to go to church. She was kind of freaked out about it. She said, okay, which my parents had been, had been back in church for years and years. She said, you want to go to parents with your, you want to go to church with your parents? I said, no, I don't, I don't want to go and be Harry and Judy's son. I want to go for us, mm-hmm. you know? And she said, okay, where do you want to go? I said, well, I want to go to old man preacher's church. And <laughs> So like I said, that was on Sunday night. We seen him every day in the gym that, you know, every morning that week in the gym, I told Jesse, I said, don't say nothing about it. I don't want him prepping some sermon, you know? (laughs) And 
So because that's did. what pastors are. Oh, ab- to do, I right? absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, sermon illustrations with you yeah. out of the whole church. He's gonna he's gonna concentrate his sermon on me. Nitro's right? gonna be there. That's oh, right. I got a Why sermon do you think for we're him. Doing this interview. That's right. Really- <laughs> so, um, like I said, we didn't say anything all week, and then um, he was standing at the front door, in you know, in the in the foyer area. And there's glass doors in front of the Winfield Nazarene Church, and he's seen us come across parking lot. Well, he opened the door, and guys, he just had a smile from ear to ear, oh, you know. And then we went in, and we sit down, and we sit down on the very back row of the church. <laughs> and I was hoping that nobody else was going to pay attention to us being there. <clears throat> and preacher started preaching, mm. and I promise you. It felt like he changed his sermon when he saw me coming across that parking lot <laughs> and he was standing up on a chair in front of me pointing right at me. That's what it felt like. Right, right. Because, I mean, I think he could have preached on tithing that, that morning, but God had it for me, yeah. you know? Yeah. So he had a lapel mic on. I didn't know much about I hadn't been in church in years, right? I didn't know anything. The old, the old church I went to whenever I was a little tiny kid, the old man was so loud, he didn't he didn't wear a microphone. Right. He didn't need to. He bust the windows out, you know? <laughs> so <clears throat> preacher was up on uh, up on the stage, and, and he was preaching, and, and he did an altar call. And, buddy, I just sat there. And I there was probably fingerprints in the chair in front of me. You know, I was holding on so tight. I'm... I'm a big, big, strong, tough guy. I don't need God. You know, I can, I can handle it on my own. I can do it. You know, I can take care of me. I can take care of my family. Jesse and I just recently got married the month prior to this. And, uh, I mm-hmm. said, you know, I was thinking, I don't need this, but I got to get out of here without seeing preacher. Mm-hmm. But like I said, he was up front on the stage preaching and, uh, he, he did an altar call. Then he's doing the dismissal prayer. And I could hear him. I could hear him preaching. I was like, "I got this." He's up front, doors in the back. I'll get out of here, you know. Before he, well, I didn't know the speakers <laughs> were up front, but he was already back, back, back in the back by the door, He's walking, praying. They That's call right, yeah. walking yeah. and praying, letting you know that yeah. way he could tell everybody goodbye when we was leaving. Yeah. Yeah. And got back there and shook his hand, and he said, "That's some message in it, boy." That's what he always called me. Was boy, I was three times his size, but he always <laughs> called me boy, you know, some message wasn't a boy. I said, yeah, preacher, that was, that was a good message. And I tried to get out. He said, coming back next week. I stuck. Mm-hmm. I don't have the heart to tell him. No, you know, <laughs> yeah, preacher, we'll be back next week. Then all the, then all that week in the gym, he was telling all my, all my buddies how I came to church, oh boy. you know, which ruined my reputation, you know, but it's real funny because, you know, since talking about, talking about preacher, um, he influenced another guy right along with me that was that Sunday morning. I went to church, um, I had to drive down route 35 and I, and I drove right past a, a, a golf course that was there. And, um, one of my biker buddies, he wasn't in the club with me, but he was, he rode motorcycles and we partied together a lot. He was on the first green, the first tee getting ready to tee off. Um, whenever I drove past well, he was waiting on people. So he was watching the road. Anyway, Monday night when I got to work, he came up to me, he said, where in the world was you going so early Sunday? Well, you know, early was quarter to 11, Yeah, you know, yeah. he said, where was you going so early Sunday? And I said, Daniel, you wouldn't believe it if I told you. He said, ah, oh, tell me. I said, I was going to church. He said, you're right. I don't, I don't believe it. <laughs> and I yeah. said, no, honestly, I went down, yeah. went to, I went to preacher's church. I said, won't you go with me next week? Oh, no, that ain't, no, I don't, no, that ain't for me. That was Monday night. Tuesday night, he worked on the, on the, on the assembly line right beside of me. Tuesday night, he came over and he said, I think me and Susan are going to go to church with you Sunday. They they went to the gym, same gym with me and Preacher, Daniel okay. and Susan did. So he knew them, right? And he said, I think I'll go to Preacher's church with you Sunday. And I, you know, awesome. So anyway, we went back and to my knowledge, this is the only Sunday that Preacher, that John Hayes didn't do a altar call because he didn't do an altar call that Sunday morning because if he would, I'm, I'm sure that would have been enough to get me to go. Hmm. But he didn't. Mm. 
following Sunday, me, Daniel, Jesse, and Daniel's girlfriend, Susan. We was all right there again, still sitting in the back row, you know, still holding on to whatever we could hold on to as far as that goes. And he did an altar call. It was uh, September September 21st, 2008. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> he did an altar call, and I, I just looked back. I told Jesse, I said, I don't know how you feel about this. I don't know what you want to do, but I'm going forward. Mm. And so <laughs> I don't remember walking up front. Like I said, we were sitting in the back. Yeah. I don't remember walking up front. I went to, uh, went to the altar and I prayed and, uh, I do remember before I even, before I even got to the altar, pastor Hayes was coming down off the stage to pray with me. Yeah. But, um, I got there and I was down on my knees and had my, had my, my elbows up on the altar. Wasn't there three to five seconds. And I felt somebody brush up against me and my wife came. Oh, wow. And then (laughs) it wasn't just a few seconds after she came here, come my buddy Daniel. (laughs) So all three of us got saved in, but, uh, Oh, that's awesome. Pastor Hayes was so influential because like I said earlier, he didn't Bible thump. Mm-hmm. He just uh, he just loved me. He heard all the stories. I mean, I know he could smell me sweating out the alcohol. You know, yeah. I'm sure I smelled like a brewery. But he just loved me. And he loved Jesse. And every now and then, you know, we like, you know, whenever we were talking, whenever all, all the group was talking, you know, we weren't quiet by any means. And he had... He had made some kind of a, a preacher would make some kind of a funny crack, you know, uh, some kind of funny joke. Uh, I hope Jesus wasn't watching you on that one, brother. So, you know, just something, <laughs> something that I wasn't used to. Yeah. You know, um, growing up that, that old preacher that I was talking about, well, you didn't joke around with him. He was, he was hellfire and brimstone and it didn't matter what setting you were in, it was he was preaching at you all yeah. the time, mm-hmm. and that was my idea of a pastor or a preacher, mm-hmm. a, really of a Christian. Wow. You know, um, when I was in that motorcycle club, we'd go, we you know we'd go, we'd be at restaurants eating. Of course, we would have our our uh, our our leather vest on with our club collars on, and Sundays was the worst because the Christians would come in and. Well, they just looked down at us. You could hear them make, you know, smart ache snide remarks about, you know, about the sinners over there. Yeah. You know, so that's what, that was my opinion. That's what, that's how I felt about, especially, like I said a second ago, preachers, pastors, and even Christians. Right. But uh, John Hayes wasn't that way. And um, mm-hmm. after after a year or so of, uh, of being saved, um, Daniel, yeah, Daniel had gotten laid off uh, from Toyota. He was a temporary worker. He had gotten laid off. Well, um, he went back to school. He went to, I can't remember the name of it. It's in somewhere near Circleville, Ohio. But he went He went to become a, he went to learn to be a preacher. Mm. Really? Yeah. Wow. And, it's, uh, uh, what is that university? It's where... Your nephew was thinking about going. Oh, um, oh it was it's Ohio Christian be, University yeah, or something, something like, that. like that. Yeah, can't remember what it's called. It's I think if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's a it's a CCU, it's a Christ and Christian Union. Yes, that's uh, it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's uh, it. University. I can't remember the name though. <clears throat> so you know, when me and Daniel, we you know we got saved, it you know, got saved at the same time. But I really don't believe that Daniel would have ever went to church with me that Sunday if we weren't going to preacher's church. Right, because you know, he knew him, right? Right, and and uh, the way he treated us, but um, like I say, you know, Daniel ended up going to school to you know to to become a pastor and preacher. He was just he was just all the time lifting us up. Mm. He used me he used me for an example a lot during during church because um, you know a lot of people that are that aren't Christians. For one, they think that they've done too much bad stuff mm-hmm. for God to forgive them. Right. 
And two, they think that, you know, because of that stuff, they don't matter anymore, not even to God. they got to clean themselves up before they can. That's right. That's right. And uh, Pastor Hayes said one Sunday morning, (coughs) he was preaching on forgiveness. And he said, he said, now, there again, he called me boy. He said, look at this old boy sitting right here. He said, God forgave him tattoos, Harley Davidson and all, Mm -hmm. you know. And that's the truth, right? I mean, it is. But he was so influential. And, and then um, the first Sunday I ever preached was, it was the day before my dad's birthday. It was March 25th, 2011, I think was the date. So you're three years into being a Christian, and you've, you've felt this call to preach now. Yeah, see, um, at, I retired out of the motorcycle club the last Sunday of August. And what year? Uh, what year was that? Two thousand eight. So you so, were. So then okay. you start going to church, right? Is I'd already the, went to the first Sunday morning. I went to church. Yeah. I uh, we had our meeting, our monthly meeting that night. Yeah. And I retired out of I retired out of the club. Gotcha. That okay. first day. Wow. And <clears throat> um. So I didn't go back around. I still had my bike and still rode some, but I didn't go around those people or that club or, or anything to do with clubs mm-hmm. for a solid year. Okay. I needed to escape that, right? I needed to get right. myself where I needed to be. Well, a couple of my friends, one of them was my boss at work. Um, they were Christian bikers. Mm. And we got together and we started a chapter of Bikers for Christ in Charleston. Okay. Wow. And... <clears throat> Bikers for Christ was a lot different than a lot of your motorcycle ministries. Um, since my my past, and um, I know we've talked before about Calvin and Jeannie Wares. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Calvin it was the was the state um, coordinator for Bikers for Christ in West Virginia. Right. Um, but our backgrounds was motorcycle clubs. You know, mm-hmm. secular clubs, not Christian clubs, of course, secular clubs. So that's what Bikers for Christ did. Um, we didn't do a whole lot of parades and um, fundraisers and stuff like that. We ministered to bikers. Wow. We went to, and, and you know, God really opened the door for me because um, I had been in all the clubhouses around us. You know, when I was in the Apaches, I was welcome in all the clubhouses. Mm-hmm. Well, they still, you know, as far as they knew, I was still me. And so I was welcome around all the clubs and all the clubhouses, any of the rides that the, that the, that the secular clubs, even the, even the 1% outlaw clubs, yeah. I was welcome. Right. So now, as opposed to walking in as an, as an Apache, we walked in and bring Jesus with us, <laughs> Nice. but I love it. Pastor Hayes taught me, mm-hmm. you bring Jesus with you everywhere you go but you don't Bible thump people. Right. And I think that's the reason why I was, uh, I say I, we, our, our ministry, our chapter of the ministry, we were always invited. We would get, I'd get texts, I'd get things on Facebook. Hey, we're having a ride this weekend. We're leaving GoMart at nine o'clock. You know, you guys are more welcome. Yeah. Well, no other motorcycle ministries getting that. Right. Not because of me. I'm not taking the credit. Okay. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to sound that way. But it's because of what Pastor Hayes taught me. Right. You know, right. you don't Bible thump, right? You know, you don't Bible thump. You love on them. Yeah. You don't do the things they do. Like one of our uh, one of our number one rules were that you drink bottled water any place you go. That way they can see what you're drinking and you right. can't be confused, right? Right. Yeah. Because um, you know what the Bible says about refraining from the appearance of evil. Right. So, um, you know, we, we did stuff like that, but we were invited, and it's all because of what. Pastor Hayes taught us, hmm. um, you can't beat anybody to heaven. You can't beat them you right. know, with a with a rake or a shovel. You can't beat them there. Right. But you sure can love them, and so that and so that's what we would do. But um, it was it was pretty it was pretty crazy. So, but back to you asked three years that I was preaching. Yeah. Where I had Bikers for Christ, where we had Bikers for Christ, um, I was all the time getting asked to do biker weddings. Well, I didn't know anything about doing weddings, mm-hmm. you know. 
So in order to get, uh, in order to get my name on the list at West Virginia, well, I needed to have a local preaching license. Right. I wanted to do it from our church, right? And I'd started going to uh, the Buffalo Church of the Nazarene at this time. Pastor Hayes had left uh, the Winfield Church, and uh, a few months after that, we went to a bu- we went to the Buffalo Church. And anyway, um, so I went and talked to uh, the pastor there, and I said, you know, I'd like to get my local preaching license. And um, she said, okay. Are you feeling called to preach? I said, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. No, I wanted to be able to do biker weddings. Yeah. So I need to get my local preacher's license so I can go to the, you know, go to the state house and get on that list and be legal and, you know, all right, that kind right. of stuff. And she said, so you're not being called to preach. I said, no, I just want to do weddings. She said, keep telling yourself that for now. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. So she didn't discourage it. Oh, no, awesome. no, no. I yeah. guess I was the last one to know that I was getting called right. to preach. <laughs> you know, how it is. or at least I was the last one to show that right. I was getting yeah. called to preach. And <laughs> so, you know, of course, um, you know, she allowed that. And I got my, I got my local preaching license and um, started doing weddings. We went to some place in Ohio um, as Bikers for Christ. We went to some place in Ohio and we listened to a speaker at a church, uh, Lone Wolf was his uh, riding name, a biker. And uh, he was actually a chaplain for, uh, I think it's the Outlaws, which is a pretty heavy-hitting 1% outlaw motorcycle club. Yeah. And um, anyway, we went there, and I couldn't tell you one thing the guy said because I was getting beat up so bad sitting there. And all I all I could all all I could hear in my head was I'm supposed to I was hearing you're supposed to do more. Mm. You, you need to do more. And that's what I told Jesse. I said, All I could think of is I'm supposed to be doing more. She said, Honey, I don't know what else you could do. You know, you do biker weddings, you got bikers for Christ every weekend, you're working seventy hours a week. And I said, well, I don't know, but you know, I'm just getting just something. Mm-hmm. And so uh we left there, and I actually talked to, to, to Calvin Wares about it a little bit. He laughed. He didn't say anything, but he laughed. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess it was just a short time after that, uh, I went and talked to the pastor of the church and told her that, hey, I think I'm being called to preach. And she started laughing. She said, I could have told you that six months ago. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, I started. Uh, I started. I was uh, her associate pastor at Buffalo Nazarene Church, and uh, yeah. you know, which went from there. I just feel like I need to clarify something that you say. You just said a second ago. You said you were sitting in the service and you were being beat up, and just because of the, the background you just shared, you weren't being physically beat up. You were no. being spiritually beat yeah, up by the Holy Spirit, which yeah. is a lot yeah. worse yeah. than physically. Just, right. I had this picture of of our audience sitting out there going. He got beat up at a church. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they they weren't you know initiating him into the club, uh, but uh, no, that's probably everybody knew that's what God's he was way talking of about. You yeah, into the club. exactly. Spiritually <laughs> beaten up yeah. is a lot worse than physical beaten Amen up. Amen to Ooh. that. Oh man. Well, that sounds awesome. And so you, um, you know, here you are now, and I, I guess you know um, where where is this pastor at now? Is he retired? Of course, I think he is. Actually, yes, he. Um, he retired when he left the Winfield Church, but he didn't stay retired very long. Right. right. Uh, and then he started pastoring the uh, uh, North Charleston Church of the Nazarene. Okay. But yeah, I think he recently, well, recently, I think within the last probably three or four years, three years probably, uh, he retired from there, and I guess he's retired now. Yeah. Well, I hope that if he somehow comes across this uh, podcast, and uh, uh, you know, I'd love for him to make some kind of comment in the section uh, below uh, uh, in our on our Facebook page. Well, I can uh, honestly say, as far as for an earthly person, he has probably impacted my life more than anyone else. And I think awesome. the thing that stands out to me um, a lot about this, and I don't think people realize this. Number one is the 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 joke about pastors is just like the joke about cops and donuts. Uh, they believe that pastors only work on Sundays, uh, which I, I find just hilarious. Um, but the, the fact was is that 
this, yes, he was there working out. He was doing something physically for himself. But I'm telling you, we intentionally as pastors, because we're so entrenched in the, the church world that we have to find and we have to be intentional about going out into the world and talking and sharing uh, the, the, the gospel with the unchurched. Because really, if, if you think about it, pastors, who do we deal with? We deal with the church. Absolutely. So you've got to go in there and find areas. And I th- it sounds like to me that's what he did. One thing that uh, really that I can remember, and, I, and Pastor Hayes told me this shortly after I got saved. Mm-hmm. Um, he said 95% of Christian people after they're saved for like two, three, at the most five years, have zero unsaved friends. Yes. Yep. And then he looked at me and he said, boy, you ain't going to be like that. Right. right. He right. said, though, he said, Je- he said, Jesus come to save the sick. You That's know, right. That's right. Woo. Yep. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. So, you know, if, if you get nothing else out of this podcast, out of anything I say, know that, you know, we have to reach the world. Um, Jesus, you know, the, the, the safe people don't, the, the, the well people don't need a doctor. It's the sick people that need the doctor. Amen. Amen to that. And it was awesome that he accepted you in, I mean, you were nitro, right? You know, and even the people in the church, you know, I mean, cause that speaks a lot for his church too, that they loved you regardless of, who you were, and I'm sure they knew when they walked in. They were like, "Oh my gosh, Nitro is here!" here. <laughs> you know, nobody sit on the back pew. That's his. Pew. Grab the kids and look for their exit door. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. It doesn't sound like they did that. You no, know? they didn't. They were very I mean, welcoming. Matter of fact, um, less than a year later, we actually had a had a biker Sunday at that church, and it was packed. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. All the all the ladies of the church got together, made a big lunch and stuff for you know after church, and That's it awesome. was it That's was awesome. awesome. That's um, awesome. The pastor at the Buffalo Church, um, Sherry Kinsey, Sherry Shamblin now, um, her son was in the bike was in the was in the biker world, mm-hmm. and. Whenever I came to, to the Buffalo Church for the first time, right after church, she called her son Jeremy and she said, she said, there was somebody at my church today for the first time. I think you might know him because he's a biker. <laughs> and he said, oh, yeah, about that. But who was it? She said, all I know is his name's Warren. And he said, okay, well, what, what did Warren look like? Because he didn't know me as Warren. Mm-hmm. He said, what did Warren look like? She said, he's a great big old uh, bald guy. I shaved my head then. She said, great big bald guy. got tattoos and stuff. And he said, Warren. Was it Warren Shamblin? And she said, you know, I think that, well, yeah, I think that was his last name. He said, Nitro? <laughs> and she said, no, he's not from Nitro. He's from right here yeah. in Buffalo. Yeah. He said, no, it's his riding right. name, Nitro. He said... Nitro's another town in West Virginia, right. in case yes. you're wondering. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, he said, I tell you what, Mom, if it's Nitro coming to church, I'll be at church next Sunday. Uh, wow. So the following Sunday, he was at church. He go. only came that one time. But yeah, yeah. Wow. Just to verify, That's he told <laughs> he told uh, he told uh, he told his mama a story just to tell you a little bit more about what I did back then. Um, he said the first time I ever met Nitro, he said I was at a bar, and <clears throat> the president of the Apache Club, uh, his name was Ron, and I didn't know this, but Pastor Sherry and and her son Jeremy grew up right across. Well, Jeremy grew up right across the street from Ron in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this, right? One of the many, 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 many rules about being in a motorcycle club is someone that's not in the club, they don't put their hands on your back patch. Uh, that's disrespectful and you just do not do that. Mm. Well, the president was sitting at the bar and I was standing about three foot behind him and Jeremy, Pastor Sherry's son, like I said, knew him his whole life. He walked up to him and smacked him on the back, said, hey, how you doing, you know? Well, I, I didn't know he knew the president, you know? So I grass snatched him up. I had him right by his shirt collar, and I was driving him back, and I drew my fist back. I was getting ready to getting ready to hit him. 
And the and the the president of the club, no, Nitro, no, 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 no. I know that boy. I've known him his whole life. <laughs> so I didn't. But he, he was wearing a he was wearing a baseball cap. And I just looked at him. I said, I said, you're you're pretty lucky. And I flipped his baseball cap off. And he was telling his mom about this. <laughs> he said, Mom, I got to be honest with you. I peed just a little bit. <laughs> So meeting yeah. Pastor Sherry the first day you're there, and then her son telling this story yeah. about me, you know, yeah. I'm surprised she allowed me back in the church. <laughs> but I ended up being, you know, her associate pastor, and then she wow. and I ended up co-pastoring that church we started in uh, yeah. in Buffalo. Wow. It's awesome. That is awesome. You know, I think um, I think I know the answer to this, but I'd really, uh, in, in, a, in a nutshell, if you could share, what is, um, what, what's the one thing that you as a pastor um have taken from um that pastor that you had, you know that encountered you that was very authentic to you what's the one thing that you really have taken from him and and you've applied it into even into your ministry and your life as a pastor well i mean if you can narrow it down to one yeah. big thing right um i think it's the the old cliche, don't you don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Um as as far as as far as, you know, my everyday interacting with people and all this to be to be as non judgmental as humanly possible because yeah. if he would have judged me, he would not you know, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I would I be in church now? Probably now because it's God's plan for me to be here, right? Right. But you know, would I have been then? Probably not. But um, he taught me a lot. He taught me a lot as far as pastoring, um, which, yeah, um, he taught me a lot as far as pastoring goes. Um, you know, even to the even even points of writing sermons. Yeah, you know, yeah. getting getting the message together and. You know the 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 way he the the, the steps that, that he did and you know kind of his outline of his sermons and you know this that and the other so I mean I, I learned a lot of that from him but a lot of a lot of how to run a church yeah um, you yeah. know as you were saying you know a lot of people think pastors only work on Sundays well we both yeah. know that that's not true right you right. know um, there's a lot of there's a lot of other aspects than just being up on stage preaching yeah so of course he taught me a whole lot about that but um, I think more than anything the two most the, the two most influential things not judging people out in the world loving them to Jesus and then also, Loving your congregation to Jesus, mm. because just because those people are sitting in those seats don't mean they're saved, right? right. You know? right. Yeah. Um, yeah, or they have it good. all together, or they have it all together. I mean, that's good. Pastors of a church, we don't have it all together. No, we don't. You know, we don't, and that's sure. something else that people don't see, right? Right. Yeah. People don't see, you know, the they see the pastor and the pastor's wife, you know, the pastor and the first lady, and they think <laughs> that they just got it made, right? They got this yeah. great, you know, white picket fence around their house life. Right. And that's something else that Pastor Hayes really, well, prepared, tried to, as best as possible, prepare me for. Yeah. You know, um, whenever, I, whenever I accepted a call to preach, uh, I don't even know how he found out because I wasn't going to his church anymore. Um, it wasn't like two days and he called me. He said, Hey boy, I heard you finally <laughs> accepted that call. And you know, but, uh, the, like the second sentence he told me was, I'm already praying for you. There you go. Yeah. And yeah. I said, well, I appreciate that. You know? And he said, he said, no, he said, you don't understand anything yet. Yeah. He said, you've never, when you got saved, you become a threat to the enemy. Yeah. He said when you when you answered his call to preach, he said you're you're a huge threat to the enemy. Yeah. The and front, front line. Yes, right on the front line. Yeah. And hey, what's what was the size of him? Would you describe him to us? Was he a big guy, tall guy, skinny guy? What was He was probably five eight, five nine, five nine at the most. Okay. And 
140 pounds, 150 pounds. I just pounds, picture, I I, I'm sitting here trying to picture him walking up to you and calling you boy. Oh, he was tiny. Because well, okay. your, your description is you're what, about six? Lou Holtz. Yeah. Right? Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz. Grabbing, yeah. them, grabbing them offensive <laughs> linemen by the face mask and pulling them. I didn't wear a face, I don't have a face mask, but yeah. same thing, yeah. yes. I'm just like, if I met you in a dark alley, the, the, the name sir. I would call you would be sir. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, seriously. He you didn't know? call me no. sir. He called me boy. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, man, this has been great. Uh, it really has. And, um, um, Shelly, you want to, you got anything to add here at the closing? No, I think he's, he's nailed it really well. Yeah. I just think it's awesome that, you know, a pastor just loved him into the church like that, you know, just every day going and working out, Yeah. you know, and it just, it just goes to show that, you know, loving people into the church is the way to do it, you know, because Bible thumping, I mean, I was raised with Bible thumping, and man, if it was up to the people in the church, I wouldn't be in the church today. That's right. You know? That's right. And it, it's hard. Absolutely. It's really difficult to, you know, go down that road because you almost feel like you, you just can't measure up. Yeah. Right. You know, that's where I always stood. I can't measure up. And man, just, just to hear that story is just awesome. I love that. Now, I know, Shelly, you, you bring the perspective of you were raised in church. Mm -hmm. uh, Warren and I kind of have a similar background right. as in we weren't raised in church. Right. So, yeah, I, I, was, I, was, I resonated with the idea of you, um, uh, you know, walking in that church and people loving on you. Mm -hmm. uh, because that's exactly what happened in my home church when I came into the church. Matter of fact, I, I came my first time at, at my, what I call my home church. In West Virginia, my first time at that church uh, was on a Sunday night at a Singspiration. I don't know if I've shared. I don't think I've shared this story here yet, have I? Yeah. I've shared it preaching wise, haven't I? No, you shared it. On oh, that. did I? Mm -hmm. And you know, so my, so I sing a song. I come to church that nobody knows what I'm going to sing, and my first song I sing at this Singspiration uh, in church was uh, an, an unanswered prayer by Garth Brooks. And I'm, I'm like, you know, I look back now thinking after 20 years of ministry, I'm like, oh my goodness, what were they thinking? Right. Um, but, but I know how they reacted and man, they just loved on me, mm -hmm. just loved me. And Probably I said, wouldn't matter what song you sang, right? They were going to love yeah, me no matter what. And you said something right. interesting about you were looking for a family. When mm -hmm. you said about the gangs, mm -hmm. you were the, the biker gang, you were looking for a family. You were, and, and to be honest with you, I think we all are. We're yes. trying to look for us somewhere and, to fit in. Yeah, and yes. if, you don't, if you don't have a family, you're looking for one. Right. And I think I had a family. Don't get me wrong, my mom and dad. But, but yes. I think what, what I was, I was broken, I was hurt. And I just, I was looking for a bigger family. And, and the church just embraced me with that. And I, I, think, I think we as the church really, um, I, if, if if, if I could just critique the church for a moment, we might have gotten away from that. Mm -hmm. I think we, we have gotten so rigid with um, um, ways of doing things, methodology, and, and I think tradition. we have tradition, Religion. legalism, all that kind of stuff, Religion. and we have got away from uh, the, the, the idea of this being a family. Yes. Yeah. When I'm reading in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47... I see a family. This is 3,120 first yeah. members of the church, first church of the New Testament. Right. They are a family. They're tight, right? They're tight, That's man. That's right. It says all. I mean, it uses, you know what it means in the Greek, the word all? It means all. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not, nobody's excluded. It's all of them. And they were all together. They were all devoted. So, hey, listen, man, I, I love this. Uh, we need to wrap this up. But uh, this has been fun. Can I say? Can I say one more? Yeah, thing? go ahead. Um, I just thought about this, and I don't know why I didn't think about it earlier. I had my, my, my Bible opened up to it. One of the most influential things you asked that question mm -hmm. that Pastor Hayes taught me. Um, everyone has a testimony. Yes. And and what made me think about that was you talking about how Shelley grew up in church and you and I didn't, right? Mm -hmm. Well. People that Shelley can 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 relate to, or that can relate to Shelley, can't relate to you and I. Right. 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 So 
when I preached at my, at, my, at my old church there a few weeks ago, I told them, I said, you know, tell people your story because your story will lead a whole lot more people to Jesus than my preaching ever will. Yeah, right? can I add to that? Piggy on that yeah. because I've said this before too, and you may have heard me say it before, <coughs> is that, you know what? We can sit and debate scripture. That's right. We really can. You can't debate my, t- my That's testimony. Right. That's right. You can't That's do that. Right. When Pastor Hayes was telling me that, I think everybody has a life verse or yeah, verses. Yeah, yeah, um, Mine is Acts 26, 16 through 18. If you don't care, I'm going to no, read, read it real it. quick. Yeah. It's, uh, it's um, um, Paul talking to King Agrippa uh, about his experience, mm-hmm. right? He says, but get up and stand on your feet. For this purpose, I have appeared to you. This is God talking to Paul. For this, uh, this purpose, I have appeared to you to appoint you a minister and a witness not only to the things which you have seen, but also to the things in which I will appear to you. Mm-hmm. Here, this is really the meat. Rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I am now sending you to open their eyes so that they may, ha- so they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inherit among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. So rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles, he rescued me from the motorcycle world. Amen. Right? But then he sent me back. That's what it says. Yes. Right? It says, to whom I am now sending you to open their eyes. So I don't care what your background is, and this is what Pastor Hayes really taught me. I don't care what your background is. There are 3 million other people in this world that have very, very, very similar backgrounds yeah. mm-hmm. that I can't reach, but you can. Amen. Right? Amen. Yep. And to me, that, well, that, that changed my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that for sure changed my life. Wow. Mm, that's good. That's really well, so. i tell you what, Warren, it's been a blessing yeah. having you be with us. Oh, you are it. our first interviewee <laughs> you'd wow, be, be famous does he get like a t-shirt or a plaque or something yeah, I, I got a t-shirt you got yeah. t-shirt we yeah. got the t-shirt. yeah why do you think i'm here yeah <laughs> uh, sermon illustration i love it i love it well i tell you what it's been a blessing having you on this show with it's us fun. And, it's been um, fun anytime you can talk about god amen to that right. amen to that well i tell you what it's been great i hope that you've enjoyed uh this time with us uh, this afternoon, uh, we do ask you, Hey, look, if you've enjoyed this, love for you to go subscribe, uh, through, uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, we're out there on all of those social aspects. Um, we also like for you to just leave, go to our Facebook page. Uh, it's just being real, uh, a pastor family perspective. It's a Facebook page out there. Love for you to make some comments on that. Uh, tell us what you like. Uh, give us some other ideas of maybe uh, some things that you would like to see later on on some other episodes and maybe some things that you'd like for us to talk about. Look, we're, we're here just to uh, kind of open up and be real with you and let you know uh, that uh, this is who we are uh, and we believe as Christians uh, we really need to be authentic. Right. And so, Shelly? We're trying to connect the, the pastor and the congregation. Yes. You know, we're trying to help them. help them to be able to connect more with the pastor and you know, this is our side of it, and we're trying. To, we we always want to be a part of our congregation. You know, and Warren's part of our congregation, and we see in his life how he's connected. You know, with the pastor and the congregation. Yes. And, you know, this is just something that we we're trying to do. Amen. Be more you know effective in this area. Amen. Well, again, it's been a blessing being with you. Uh, we will uh, be with you again uh, here soon. Uh, but please go uh, hit like, share. Uh, feel free to leave comments, subscribe, and, uh, and and share it. Get it out there to other people that you think might be uh, interested in this uh, uh, topic uh, of this podcast. Hey, we love you all. We truly do. And uh, we look forward to being with you again soon. God bless.